hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. One of the signature steps of the credit card payoff course is the spending analysis. A spending analysis is one of the very first steps that David and I took when we realized that we were in $51,000 of credit card debt and we wanted to figure out why we got there. (laughs) And it was an eye-opener when we did this exercise. It simultaneously highlighted all of the many, many, many mistakes that we were making, but it also highlighted the opportunities that we would have if we just made a few minor tweaks. David and I lived through this experience ourselves. That's why when today's guest, Fred, one of the members of the credit card payoff course, was going through the spending analysis himself as part of the course, which is one of the very first exercises of the course, and he was posting his findings in the private Facebook group almost in real time, we knew exactly what he was going through. His comments were like, oh my God, I spent X amount of dollars on this and X amount of dollars on that. How am I doing this? While at the same time he was frustrated, we saw opportunity. We knew the outliers in Fred's spending at that time would yield opportunity in the near future, and they have. That's why we invited Fred onto Queer Money to share his experience of paying off his credit card debt. We often hear from people, oh, debt is just a way of life. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, Fred is proving that wrong. We think Fred's story will inspire you. So take a listen. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere, so banking fits into your life, not the other way around. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. So thank you, Fred, for joining us. We appreciate having you. Anytime. Absolutely. So um, you are one of the members of the credit card payoff course. Would you mind describing to our audience a little bit about what your financial situation was like before you started the credit card payoff course? Before I started, uh, a lot of uh, overspending on credit cards, not really paying much attention to what I was doing. Not so much in a, in a bad spot, but when I kind of stopped to take a look at, at what I had done, it was rather shocking. Yeah. And how so? Um, a lot of credit card debt that I really didn't really realize how much was there. It was kind of surprising when I stopped to take a look at it and it was like, oh, crap, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. easy to ignore it, isn't it? It's kind of, or to just forget about it. <laughs> and, and that's more of uh, um, not looking at it, not really paying attention was more of the situation. You know, when I sat down and looked at, you know, added all the cards up and looked at everything that was there, it was like, oh, yeah, that's not too good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that David and I will forever remember our first interactions with you because for, for our listeners, uh, members of the credit card payoff course have access to a private and closed uh, credit card payoff course group on Facebook so that we can have weekly Facebook lives and we can ha- uh, have discussions throughout the week so that questions can be answered and successes can be shared. And when Fred was going through module one of the course, one of the units in module one, we walked people through our spending analysis. And I it was like a Saturday or a Sunday that apparently you were doing the spending analysis and like all throughout the day you were just like, oh my gosh, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. Oh my God, look at how much I spent on that. And it was just like, it was exciting for David and me to watch because we know exactly what that feels like looking at how your spending is. And on one hand, you're kind of like, I can't believe I did this to myself. But on the other hand, it's also, this is a great opportunity because just with some slight modifications in spending, you can start to liberate yourself from your credit card debt. Exactly. It was very, um, like I said, eye-opening when you go through and look at 
a year's worth of essentially random spending, like I was just in shock about, yeah. you know, the coffee shops and the bars and the restaurants. When you actually add it all up, it was just, it was insane. Yeah. 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 And you know, and it's the kind of spending, at least a lot of it was the same for us where it was just the kind of spending where you're just going through life and you're thinking, well, I don't do this every day or this isn't a big purchase or, you know, sometimes it's, you've had a rough week and you're like, I, I deserve this or we deserve this or I want, you know, I feel like having a, a date night or a special night and it just really adds up. Exactly. And it may not be every night, but when it's every weekend, restaurant, dinner out, it's very hard unless you're trying to do dinner for two for under a hundred dollars. Right. You know, unless yeah. you're really trying to watch what you're buying or what you're ordering. So, you know, that's real quick. Once a week, 400 bucks right out the window. Right. right. Well, you know, I think as we're discussing this, I think a lot of us, you know, we have our jobs and we know what our annual quoted salary is. And we don't necessarily take into account taxes and benefits that are being deducted from our quoted annual salary. And we think, okay, I'm making a decent salary and this is just a little expense here. It's just a little expense there. And I should totally be able to afford this. But unless you're actually paying attention to the day-to-day -day transactions, your day-to-day -day spending, it can really, like you said, add up and then completely catch you off guard. Right. You know, and that was me exactly, you know, just kind of going through life, swiping here, swiping there, and not really looking at, oh, you know what, I just spent $100 on dinner. Or, oh, I just bought a round of shots for 100 bucks. What did I do? So and it would, feels really good in the moment, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels great to buy a round of shots for your friends. Yeah. You're like, Everybody's you're having a good for time. For the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you, like, you want your friends to have fun. And if you can provide, be a catalyst to that fun, that, that feels great. But then, you know, have, I don't know if you've ever seen that video on Facebook where there's a little girl, you know, she's like two or three years old and she's in her crib and she opens up what looks like a play wallet. So she's sitting up, she opens up this play wallet and she throws it across the crib and then she falls back in like distressed tiredness. And starts crying and she starts crying and it's it's like this is how i feel after i look at my wallet after night out with my friends <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly me totally regret it yeah. so would you attribute most of your credit card debt to that unconscious spending of nickel and diming yourself or were there other aspects to your credit card debt that added to it uh nickel and diming furnishing a new condo vacations just kind of creeps up on you after a while it was not all at once. It was several years of just slowly growing and not paying attention. Right. Let, let me ask, to what extent do you think your spending was correlated with you being a gay man? Some of it. I mean, you know, meeting friends out for drinks, going out, going places, traveling, kind of, to some extent, keeping up with the Joneses a little bit. Oh, our friends are doing this. Why are we not doing this? You know, there's some of that. Not all of it. I mean, just some of it was more just um, head in the sand, not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Some of it was, you know, seeing what your friends are doing and it's, oh, I should be doing that too. Most of us have two incomes, no children. We should be able to do whatever we want. Right, right. Right. Yeah. The reason I asked that question is, is it sounds like we, you and I have, and David have very similar stories, though obviously not exact. But when David and I were in our spending heyday, we would notice that uh, we would have friends of ours who would work in retail stores and we would have friends who were doctors and lawyers. And we were kind of in the middle in financial services in terms of income. And it was astounding when you think about it in hindsight, how we kind of all spent the same. And clearly we weren't earning as much as the doctors and lawyers, but we were still spending as if we had that income. And so probably the spending didn't hurt them as much as it hurt us. But we were all, to your point, 
trying to keep up with the Joneses and we're all typically trying to, I think, keep up with the bigger spending Joneses. Yeah. (laughs) And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. How did you feel about your credit card debt and your financial situation before taking the course? I would say it's kind of like, to somewhat respect it still is, but at least I I understand it more. Um, Kind of like a boat anchor, for lack of a better term. I know it's there. It's kind of dragging me down, but I'm not exactly doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't solved all of my problems, but I'm paying more attention to what I'm doing. I take a look at it. The weekly chats are more of a reminder to kind of, hey, you know, you shouldn't have done that over the weekend and, and wasn't the smartest choice to go out to dinner with friends and, you know, spend more than what you set your limit for. Or when it comes to this, I have like a short attention span. So mm-hmm. I'm really gung-ho and concentrating on it for a couple of days. And then after a little while, it's like, yeah, so what? You know, what's one more thing? Start over right. tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Just to let you know, that was Fred's internal conversation. We don't <laughs> have that kind of accountability in the group and saying, no, you shouldn't have done that. But I think what you're bringing up is a good point, Fred, is that if we don't have some sort of reminder or some sort of regular conversation about our finances, then we can just get into this, get back into this unconscious mode or get back into this habit of, eh, what's another $50? So what? that I just dropped 50 bucks on brunch this Sunday, even though I went out last night and I went out on a Friday night as well. So, you know. Just being aware, I think, yeah. adds adds value. It's an awareness. That's definitely, like you said, it's not like we have to report what we spent our money on every week, but it just kind of it gets you back into the mindset of thinking about what you're doing. Right, yeah. right. So what made you decide to pay money to take a course to help you get out of credit card debt? It kind of seems counterintuitive. Uh, But it's kind of a um, different way to look at things. Everybody's got their own little tricks and tips. And, you know, the overall program uh, that I read about, you know, before I signed up was gay perspective is one. You know, you guys are a couple. You had your journey together to fix your situation. It was just kind of a different perspective from somebody I could relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And when you're trying to solve a problem that's been kind of hanging out there for a while, looking from someone else's opinion, someone else's viewpoint of how to kind of fix your situation is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. When you say that comment about when you have a problem, it kind of reminds me of Sound of Music and how to solve a problem like Maria. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very funny- Did you just call me Maria? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a friend of mine who's very much um, wrapped up in the the, the Sound of Music. And and, and if you don't, (laughs) I don't know if you know, but if you you listen to it and you watch it, you know, with the accent, some of the statements could be spun in other directions. (laughs) It's a whole movie full of memes. So if you try it. Oh, really? I have to check that out. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Gotcha. So what was the catalyst for you to take action when you did? What was the point that you finally said, okay, I'm actually going to fix this problem? Well, for me, I just got married. Uh, my situation again, like everyone else, is a little bit different. My partner and I are very have a very disparate income. I make almost twice as much as he does, but he has zero debt and his mortgage is almost paid off. I'm carrying all the debt with a considerably larger salary, 
I need to clean up my act a little bit. So we're now looking at retirement and I can't go into retirement while this hanging over my head. Granted, I have a long good 15 to 20 years or more before I can retire, but I want to be able to save more so I can retire earlier. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And you you have a very relatable story, I think, for a lot of LGBTQ couples, because there does seem to be a lot of couples in our community that have disparate incomes. Um, And so that plays an interesting dynamic in a relationship. I wonder, maybe it's not fair for you to answer on behalf of your husband, but I wonder if because of his lower income, he was just a little bit more cognizant of his spending. I don't know if it was so much that, in my opinion, again, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but (laughs) my upbringing and his upbringing when it comes to money and finances were totally different. Um, You know, his family was very much, if you don't have the money to buy it, you don't buy it. You know, you don't live above your means. Right. I didn't have the same upbringing, so I didn't really learn that. It's kind of, it's kind of sad to say, but that's something I kind of figured out in my 40s. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I think it's more background and upbringing more so than the disparate income. Gotcha. Like I said, I mean, we're pretty close to the same age. I'm in my early forties is in his mid forties. His mortgage is paid off in 16 months. I just bought the vacation house, you know, cause I wanted to do something with some of my money. Mm-hmm. I should have waited until I paid off my credit cards first, but you know, that's a whole nother story. Right. right. Well, we'll get you there. You know, I, I do think this is an interesting discussion though, Fred, because you make twice as much money as as your husband, and there are a lot of people that just automatically assume that their debt will go away when they make more money. True. That is and, me. Right. And so we regularly get those comments in the Queer Money Facebook group, this is just a general Facebook group, that all of my problems would be solved if I made more money all my financial problems would be solved if I just made more money. Now, granted, there are probably people who that does apply to individuals who are earning below the poverty line and are those extreme cases. But for many people, and this was the case for John and me, that we just assumed that our debt would go away as we started to make more money in our career. But we had a track record of our career progressing and us making more money But we noticed that as we made more money, our debt continued to go up because we felt, I guess, to a certain degree, maybe entitled to spend a little bit more every time. That was exactly me. You know, I noticed that as my income grew and it was just, you know, oh, I want this, I'll go buy it. Oh, I want this, I'll go buy it. It was never, I still have the problem and I haven't quite gotten over this yet, is that when I'm out doing or shopping, don't think about it. Mm -hmm. It's usually like, after the fact. And I'm making a concerted effort to be more conscious of spending beforehand, not so much, you know, regret it after. Um, And and going through the course and the weekly things do help with that a lot, quite a bit, actually. Nice. That's great to hear. So a great segue into into my next question is, what has your experience with the credit card course been? It's, It's helped me, you know, take a look at my finances, see where I'm spending too much, a lot of it is really seeing where I've just totally wasted money and where to stop. My office is, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because honestly, maybe 30 steps from my office door across the uh, lobby, there's a coffee shop, which has been the bane of my existence since I started this course. <laughs> I can just, you know, literally 30 steps, fresh cup of coffee back in my office. 
Yeah. You know, between meetings, between calls, whatever, just run across the hall, get a cup of coffee and come back. So, you know, taking a look at all of the money I've spent at that coffee shop has been very frustrating. But, you know, now I actually think about it before I walk over there. Yeah. Nice. So you probably could have just, you know, become an investor in the shop instead of <laughs> buying the, <laughs> buying their coffee. <laughs> yes, you know, I could have had a high-end espresso machine in my my office by now. But, yeah, um, yeah open your own bistro at your desk. <laughs> exactly, I would have been better off. Yeah. So, what elements of the course would you say have been most beneficial? It sounds like you like the weekly calls, the weekly calls, the spending analysis up front. You know, looking at the interest rates. Pretty much all the modules I've looked at so far have been great. We did a little bit like this week, talked about the dynamic budget, you know, because every month is not going to be the same. You know, you have your events or odd bills that come not monthly, you know, yearly, every six months. You have the occasional wedding, the holiday, your birthday. It just kind of helps you think ahead and plan more so than just kind of careen through life and hope you don't overspend. Yeah. Because we know hoping doesn't work, right? <laughs> Hope is not a strategy. No. Hope is not a course of action. <laughs> you know, there was um, a CNBC study that came out last week that talked about how like 70 some percent, I'm going to botch the, the percent up, so we'll have to fix it in the show notes, but some astronomical number of people admitted in a study that they're just winging it with their finances. They're just simply not paying attention and they're not implementing any kind of strategy. And so I think uh, to the extent that we can help, especially with the credit card payoff course. Hopefully that's providing the members of the credit card payoff course a strategy so they're not winging it. Yeah. No, I agree. And and that definitely does help with that because yes, it helps you, you know, kind of dig your way out of where you are now, but it kind of sets you up so you're not going to do it again. Nice. So have there been any elements of the course that surprised you? The spending analysis was (laughs) shocking. Shocking. Yeah. (laughs) I remember, um, I, I think it was maybe a week or so after you had gone through the spending analysis, I think, do I have this right? Uh, you and David were direct messaging on Facebook and you were out the uh, you were out with, to drinks with your friends and you knew that it was going to become your turn to buy the round of drinks and you were asking for encouragement to, to make that not happen. <laughs> yes, it was too late, actually. Because <laughs> yeah. there, there was a couple of shots in and I think I sent them a picture of the group. You yeah, did. did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. well, I, but I think though, at least it got you thinking, you know, there would have been times, at least I know for David and me in the past, where we just would have bought the round of shots without even having thought about it. But you know, the first step is to start thinking about it. And then maybe the next couple of trips to the bar, you'll start to think about it in advance and, and maybe be able to stop it from happening altogether. That's exactly right. It, it's, it's kind of reprogramming your brain to think a little different. Right. Exactly. You know, just start lean into the, the progress. You don't have to think about, I have to cut everything cold turkey. Or if I'm not getting an A week after week, then I'm failing. It's just, you know, try to make slight, moderate progress week after week and you'll start to get there. No, exactly. So uh, what would you say your, your big dreams are with your money after all your debt is paid off? What is the ultimate goal with paying off all your debt? Retire early. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Not even Straight into the point. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's what you and your husband married um, a little bit before we've been living together for a while, but a little before we got married, we had been talking about, oh, we want to buy a vacation place. And, you know, we had gone to look. We just went to go look at neighborhoods and stuff. And we found something we loved and I wasn't ready to do it yet. And then we went back probably about six months later with a real estate agent and we bought something. Yeah. Um, just north of Fort Lauderdale. And now every long weekend we can get and there's cheap airfare on Spirit, we go down. 
we've been lucky enough to find airfare as low as like like sixty four dollars round trip, which is wow. great. You know, and we have clothes and stuff down there, so it's just pretty much ourselves. Uh, we don't have to do luggage or check bags. But every time I go down, I don't want to come home. And now it's <laughs> all I can think about is when can I find cheap airfare to get back down there? And now it's I don't really want to work anymore. Yeah. So my goal is to get all this crap paid off so I can move to Florida and go. You know, if I have to sell coconuts and rent beach chairs to, uh, <laughs> you know, pay for dinner, but uh, I really would like to try to retire early. It's yeah, it's all about living that life that you really want, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And and you know, like I mentioned, you know, we have a very disparate salary. I have a um, kind of a very high stress job. I love what I do. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's to the point where. I could see myself not wanting to do this for all that much longer. So I want to get all my bills paid off, get my situation under control, save more money faster so I can retire relatively young. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about in terms of financial independence on this podcast before is, you know, it gives you the autonomy to live the life that you want. And if if you want to live your life in Fort Lauderdale selling beach chairs and coconuts, which I think David and I could totally be be clients of yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> having that financial independence gives you that autonomy to do that. Yeah, that's 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 my plan anyway. I mean, I may not be able to do it in my 40s, but you know, I'm thinking I, I definitely want to be down there by the time I'm 60. Nice. Well, we hope to yes, see you down there. We're going to we're going to make that happen. <laughs> well, thank you so much Fred for taking the time and, and and helping us get the message out about the credit card payoff course to more people and uh it's been a, th- a thrill having you a part of the course and you being so engaged and we look forward to continue working with you. Absolutely, me too. And and thank you guys again for for creating this and 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 helping the community kind of get themselves back on track. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Fred, for sharing your story so publicly with our listeners. It takes a lot of courage to share our struggles, but you sharing your story will definitely inspire other people to pay off their credit card debt too. No matter how much credit card debt you may have, just know that the right plan and the right level of commitment, you too can pay off your debt. The credit card payoff course is a great plan that can help you. We'll be opening the doors to new members of the credit card payoff course this coming September 2019. Look out for more information coming soon. To learn more about how our sponsor, Capital One, is reimagining their local spaces and experiences to have banking better fit your life, visit www.capitalone.com and follow them on social at Capital One Cafe. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.